A demon came out from inside of your throat, a and suddenly it was... demon from the Muppets. Well, it's the new room that we're in. We are coming to you, I guess not live, we are coming to you from the Being Earnest studio. We have a studio, and by that, it's no longer Paula's dining room, it's now Paula's guest room. Yes, well, guest room is such a kind phrase for you to use for this room. It's my room. It's Josh's room. Uh, it is, uh, I would call it room with table and old couch. I think that's and microphones up. and us yes. and comedy and comedy yeah you know it hasn't been funny this week but what? you've thought was very funny this week is all of the words <laughs> you've been submitting to urban dictionary paula <laughs> for listeners at home paula in a fit of rage rather than be wrong about words has been making up phrases and submitting them to urban dictionary like a defiant third grader who's like nope microsoft word that is how that's spelled learn this word well it's it's really wonderful urban dictionary is the people's dictionary and by that i mean it's mostly very filthy phrases uh and also a few um a few being earnest terms before we get into this um you may remember from last week, uh, Paula couldn't find the word legs, like <laughs> so something has legs, and instead came up with the term wiggle walk and submitted wiggle walk to Urban Dictionary when something is really versatile and you get a lot of use out of it. Mm-hmm. That one was accepted. Uh, I believe that one, nope, was, that rege- one was rejected. That one was rejected. Because uh, uh, <laughs> users, in case you don't know what Urban Dictionary is, Urban Dictionary is an online dictionary a world where people can submit phrases and then other people can either vote if those belong in the dictionary or vote if that they don't um like i said it's a lot of things that i'm not going to repeat on this podcast because my mom listens and then it's also a lot of people's names that seem to be compliments or insults specifically about someone they know name that and I am all for language being flexible and malleable and changing with the times. What I'm Me not too. okay with. Story. No, I'm not okay with Paula dictatorially just <laughs> deciding, defiantly digging her heels in and choosing that instead of the term chef kiss, like Mwah, when you when you kind of kiss your fingers and let them go, yeah. as a way to say something's good is. Do you want to say it? Because I'm not sure how you're pronouncing it. I've only uh, seen it in text. It's Gnocchi Gaspochi. <laughs> <laughs> so Gnocchi Gispochi? Gnocchi Gispochi? Sure. You and that one was accepted. That one was accepted. <laughs> so now in the lexicon of this world, if you ever want to say something was so good that you could just kiss your fingertips like a chef, you can go ahead and say that was Gnocchi Gispochi. <laughs> you can't even say it. <laughs> I invented it, so I think however I say it is actually the right phrase. Paula is contributing to the death of the English language. Anyway, this is Being Earnest, a very sincere podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Josh Linden. I'm Paula Skaggs. And we are here to talk about the earnest topics of the day. Ooh. All the most earnest news of yonder and near. You make it sound <laughs> like we're in some like 1900s salon. We are in this room with couch and table. So we are <laughs> we in a are salon. Couch table room. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Those are the main ingredients of a salon. <laughs> Paula, what are we uh, talking about today? What's our topic today? Josh, we are talking about a topic that is, I would boldly say, 
extremely near and dear to both of our hearts. Magic. Magic. <laughs> we have shared experiences around magic. Yes. I I am pro magic. Sure. But not enthusiastically pro magic. Paula is a magic fiend. Fiend <laughs> for magic. Yes, I love it. I get carried away. Paul and I <laughs> shared an experience recently. Uh, we were at a baseball game mm-hmm. uh, with some friends. Mm-hmm. And we went and the night was kind of ending. The game had been over. We were on the train. And we were all thinking, oh, we're going to go home. Are we going to stay out? And Paula suggested that we go to Magic Bar. Magic Bar. Also, Josh, you using the word suggested is so kind. I demand it. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I demand it. Um, listeners, if you, if I guess I've never drug you to Magic Bar somehow, uh, Magic Bar is a bar here in Chicago where there is magic. Self-explanatory. More specifically, there are very extensive magic shows, which I don't pay for. But in the lobby, there's a cocktail bar with a close-up magician, and they're free. Very free. And I mean you tip them. The way We're that you not get monsters. the way that you get to the magic bar mm-hmm. is first you take a train to Andersonville. Yes. And secondly, you find an unmarked door with a bunch of magic posters of kind of vintage looking magic show posters. You open it up and oh, it's a laundromat, but it's not. There's a secret door, and then you get to the aforementioned lounge that and bar that Paula mentioned. And then after we went, I went the next week too. <laughs> <laughs> How many times do you think it's been open for like a year or something, right? I didn't know that yeah, it existed. I, Josh, this is going to shock you. Look me dead in the eye. Mm-hmm. Dog up. Look mm-hmm. at me. Three times. Wow. I've been three times. I've been with you for one third of the times that you've times. been to Magic Bar. Yep. Isn't that shocking? Yeah, because you seemed like you were there every weekend. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably just because I very enthusiastically love magic to the point where um, they think they recognize me. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they do. Maybe they're like, oh, God. Maybe that's so- the greatest illusion of all. <laughs> Is the something? Uh, yes, loving <laughs> something. The magic was inside you this whole time. Oh. But it was it was really wonderful. It was really wonderful. And there was, uh, there was a close-up magician who's... Name I very unfortunately don't remember. It starts with a G. The great James Gandalf. Yep, that was it. James Gandolfini, <laughs> back from the dead, doing close-up magic and Sopranos yes. impressions. No, but he was, Um, I guess I would describe him It's like Gonza or something. Gonza. Like, yeah, we'll Go-go. find it. We'll post it. Yes, he was great. I have his card. He mm-hmm. gave me his card by the end of the night. Okay, and so you thought I was the one most into it, yet he gave you his card. Yep, I asked for his card. <laughs> We're going to book him. Um... So you go in, they do close-up magic. Will you describe the magician? Because I don't want to get him mixed up with the magician that I saw the next week. Yeah, the magician, uh, he was tall, mm-hmm. mysterious, mm-hmm. full of dark arcane arts. Sure. Did mostly card tricks and ring tricks. <laughs> Certainly real magic. Certainly real magic. Paula, do you believe in magic? You know, believe it's not so. But do you believe in magic? Ooh. Okay, so are we talking like supernatural? Or are we talking like, do I believe that like the great James Gandolfini is actually a magic, like actually magic, and his cards can disappear into his pocket? The former. Do you believe in magic overall? I mean, yeah, I think I do. Do you? 
It's a hard one. I know I asked the question. I mean, do I believe that there's wizards running around, you know, casting spells? And yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I think there's stuff that can't be explained or maybe can be explained by science. Mm -hmm. But I don't I don't read science. Okay. You know, I don't understand it. So it might as well be magic to me. Sure. I think I would like magic to be real. And if it is, I'm a little upset that I don't have it. You know what I mean? So we're talking like some people are specifically born. Yeah. Like Harry Potter, like Star Wars, like force sensitive. Oh my God. That changes this entire conversation. Yeah. I thought you were kind of talking about like, is there magic in a newborn's eye? Is there magic in an old woman's laugh? Yes. Um, Do I believe that specific people are born with magic powers? No, I don't. I don't think I believe in that. Because I think God, if that if that was the case, one of us for sure would have it. You would think, right? <laughs> like odds are that one of us would be. One magic. of us would have it. I do. Um, I was so. This would not surprise anybody, and I, I think you were in the same boat. I was so vehemently into Harry Potter. Yeah, I was into it. I was. Oh, okay. That was a very. I, I liked Harry Potter. I wasn't. I from what I know about you, you were. You're like full on Pottermore. That I was a, uh, that was like a defining characteristic of me. Sure, in sure. Uh, like I only wore Harry Potter t-shirts, you know. Uh, and I remember the night of my eleventh birthday. That night, mm. I was so convinced that Harry Potter was, you know, of a, a letter uh-huh. to me to give me a heads up of my future. Oh. Uh, that I I stayed out on our deck. All night. Oh, no. Until, like, I mean, you know, however late my parents let me. So, nine. But <laughs> it felt, like, till one in the morning. Because I was like, well, my my owl is coming. And oh. I have to make it easy for them. And it didn't come. What but- if the owl came inside and you were outside that whole time? I'm sorry. To, like, they come down the chimney and, like, you, you missed the letter. So, you're telling me that magic is real. Mm-hmm. Anything is possible. <laughs> But they actually couldn't get me the letter. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> they're like return to is, sender. That is the one thing magic cannot do <laughs> is any basic postal office. Yeah, I mean, like that's why the post office is in the Constitution and isn't otherwise just an organization <laughs> because that's so much power. <laughs> the post office has so much power. Too much power. Um, Josh, you're telling me you believe that some people are born with magic abilities. I hope that certain people are born with magic ability. I think that would be dope. That would be great. Yeah, but what do you do if you have a child and that child is born with it? You're not equipped to handle that child. I'm not equipped to handle most children, (laughs) I don't think. And therefore, like, I don't know. I would love it regardless and want to make sure that it was safe. Oh, God. Would I be the, like the obstacle they have to shed in order to become the hero that they needed to be yes, because do. I'd be too worried about their health and then they disappear. And in order to not hurt me, yeah. I would become an afterthought in the story. Yes. They would have to erase your memory. Oh God. I know. Um, well, at least I will never know the loss of losing them. <laughs> <laughs> what if you've already lost that? I can't, no, I can't do that. Not I yet. can't go down that rabbit hole. Um, First off, I have a kid. <laughs> Josh, I I feel really shocked that you believe in magic people are born well, more I think than me. I've spent a lot of my late single digits, early double digits ages. Not reading Harry Potter. Staring at 
coffee cups or glasses of water or door handles and trying to be like, move. Yeah. Move. Yeah. Move. So how were you not obsessed? You know what? We're going to move past this. Because I was obsessed with Star Wars. You didn't, okay, fine. Fine. Whatever. I'm going to drop it. <laughs> um, so then you, you thought maybe you were born magic? I, I mean, I'm not ruling it out. It's possible. So here's the thing. You know, if we go down like an X-Men version of the universe. Okay. Right? There's mut- there's mutations. Mm-hmm. And the question then becomes, not all mutations are going to be like, you're blue. Or like, you can fly and shoot lasers out of your eyes or sure. things like that. There might be mutations that are like, you are 0.3% better than everyone else at swimming. Okay. Or things like that. And yeah. in some ways, those are superpowers. And in some ways, like that, those genetics are magic in a way. So you believe in crappy superpowers. I think everyone <laughs> has crappy superpowers. This is my book tour. This, <laughs> hi, I'm... Unleashing the crappy the superpower within. within. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Josh, what do you think is your crappy superpower? I'm really good at spatial awareness, like packing a trunk. <laughs> Packing the trunk of a car, I can just see it. Terrible at Tetris. Great at packing a trunk in three-dimensional space. I feel you'd be better at Tetris then. I'm not a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. That's a pretty good... uh, That's pretty good. What do you think your superpower is? Your shitty superpower. Oh, my God. What would my shitty superpower be? So, for example, I have a friend who reads... I think most people read it like... I don't know, maybe even a page a minute is mm-hmm. the fastest. She reads it like two pages a minute. Oh my gosh. Which is just almost disgusting. That is a, that's a good superpower. That's not even a shitty superpower. But it's not like she's the flash and she can run around <laughs> really quick. She can only read really she can fast. Read pretty, but reading is like a good skill to sure. have. Yeah. You know? To be learned. Um, You know what I think mine is? Mm-hmm. Have you been to an arcade recently? I have. Uh, do you know the big, they kind of look like a piano and then uh, there's a screen that will show you which key to hit and then you hit you hit that key? Uh, Let's call it piano game. Sure. I'm really good at that. You're really good at the piano I'm game? Really, I get so many points when I play piano game. That's, it's a very specific skill. Thank and you. if the world rests on someone playing an organ at the perfect time, I'm not. I'm not good at actual piano. Sure, and I'm sure there are people who are better at piano. Games. No, but maybe it lights up, and you have to whack it as quickly as possible. Yeah, and you're the only one to save the universe. I'm the only one in the room at the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think we'd be fine at that. <laughs> segment time it sounds like it's segment time well, guess what segment it is i have no idea ring that bell because it's time for small town festivals small town festivals yeah uh, okay that was not our theme song before but thanks to my perfect pitch we have one <laughs> i think the last time we did this it was just uh, we called it and said at the same time small town festivals and that was it well you know things change <laughs> keep up buddy boy we all grow <laughs> we all improve um Josh, this is a really exciting small town festival that I found for you. Wonderful. Because it's near where we live and you and I can go. Is it coming up? It's coming up. So this is kind of the first one that we might ever be able to go to. Are you ready for me to tell you about the Mattoon Bagel Fest? (laughs) 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 (
I'm very excited about this for reasons. I'm very excited about this because you can't find an effing good bagel in Chicago. Well, God, that's such an East Coast thing to say. <laughs> God. There's no good bagels out here. And oh, we don't have any good bagels. It's bread. It's not. There's it's a, bread. There's a, per, there's a consistency of the inside to a consistency of the outside that needs to be met. This feels anti-Semitic, Paula. Hot, <laughs> hot take for you, bud. Bagels are just fancy bread for cream cheese. No. Okay, it is a two-hour and 46-minute drive, and I, I mean, I'm sorry, but we're going. Where's Mattoon? It is right near uh, Champagne and Effingham, which there's a Ben Fold song about. Oh, Effington, yeah. Oh, Effingham. I think it's different. Anyway, you know, there's a Ben Fold song vaguely similar. Sure. So get the car because we're driving. So, the Mattoon Bagel Fest. Uh I need to tell you first how it was founded. Please. We don't have a year, but at one point, Lender's Bagel owner, Murray Lender, Mm -hmm. hosted a free bagel breakfast for the city of Mattoon. Mm -hmm. That was the beginning of the local love affair with the bagel and the beginning of Bagel Fest. Oh, wow. Um, But Bagel Fest, there's a lot going on. We got music, Mm -hmm. everything from Christian music night to stage entertainment. <laughs> but there's also a theme each year. Mm-hmm. And this year's theme is peace, love, bagels. And they celebrate <laughs> with two little events that I've never been more excited about in my life. Uh-huh. First is called Beautiful Baby Bagel. <laughs> <laughs> I just pulled up the website and just saw that and was like, can we please talk about Beautiful Baby Bagel? <laughs> beautiful Baby Bagel appears to be a baby beauty pageant. <laughs> And I don't know how to register with a fake baby that obviously we've got to find and bring down. Um, If any of our listeners want to donate a baby for us. Please let let me borrow your baby for the beautiful baby bagel. (laughs) And to me, beautiful baby bagel, if I heard that, I would think it's fresh out of the oven bagels. It's Uh a brand new bagel. But no. Yeah, it's like we're we're christening the the hypothetical bagel. Of the year. It's like breaking a bottle on a ship. (laughs) No, this is the beautiful baby bagel. (laughs) And there's no information except uh, what can only be described as a festive collage of pictures of beautiful baby bagels. Uh Um, But I like to picture the baby being crowned. With With a bagel? With a bagel. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so obviously we're doing that. Mm -hmm. But then for the little bit older crowd, there's something I like to call bagel beauties. (laughs) Uh-huh. And that's when you're competing for uh, Miss Bagel Fest. Yep. <laughs> a title that I would be honored to have. And additional information is coming soon. Um, but then if you're like, well, I'm not ready to be crowned Miss Bagel Fest, and uh-huh. I, I don't necessarily have a beautiful bagel baby, mm-hmm. you got a pup, you can enter Bagel Bow Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't so believe you found this beautiful three, piece of content. There are three levels of bagel beauty pageants. <laughs> Yep. Going on. For Across babies, for species. Dogs, for women. God, what an inclusive. <laughs> Do you think you could win Miss Bagel Fest? All I know is that if I don't. <laughs> I'm going to scream. <laughs> something bad's going to happen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I could not be more excited about this. So um, we are absolutely going to the Mattoon Bagel Fest. I'm and looking into how much it would trip, take for us to sponsor it. As our Can podcast. you imagine? Uh, sorry, I'm really busy right now because I am entering us to walk in the Bagel Fest parade. <laughs> Wait, what? 
So that's going to go ahead and kind of happen for us. Wow. Josh, let's get back to close-up magic. Yeah. So what I want to talk about here is the guy who was our magician, who was really wonderful. And, you know, there was the, uh, what are the pieces of a, of a trick? It's like the prestige and the, you remember when there were those two movies that came out at the same time, uh, the prestige and the illusionist, and they were kind of the same movie, but not the same movie. Yes. That's how I remember the different pieces of a, of a magic there trick. There are different pieces of a magic trick. Apparently. So there are parts to a magic trick, which I'm realizing I'm taking directly from the prestige. So maybe only the prestige feels this way, but every great magic trick consists of three parts or acts. The first part is called the pledge. The pledge. The magician shows you something ordinary, a deck of cards, a bird, or a man. He shows you this object. Perhaps he asks you to inspect it to see if it is indeed real, unaltered, normal. But of course, it probably isn't. The second act is called the turn. The The turn. The magician takes the ordinary something and makes it do something extraordinary. Now, if you're looking for the secret... You won't find it because, of course, you're not really looking. You don't really want to know. You want to be fooled. You wouldn't clap yet because making something disappear isn't enough. You have to bring it back. That's why every magic trick has a third act, the hardest part, the part we call the prestige. The prestige. And I felt like this particular close-up magician was really good at this Mm -hmm. because he would show us something, you know, it'd be the classic kind of pick-your-card thing, and then the first trick that he would do was really kind of like okay cool that's fine and then there was a twist there was the prestige from there where you were not expecting something more complicated and suddenly like it was in your back pocket the whole time and it had your handwriting on it and how the fuck did that happen because he's a real magic he's really he, he has real magic he's, he's real, real magic, magic. he's that's- one of those people who has real magic he's the- he's one of them yeah i think the best part of that night though for me was both the magic of our wonderful close-up magician. Mm-hmm. But also the magic as reflected on your face, Paula, <laughs> as he did tricks. <laughs> because there was just, I wish I could, let me try to describe this for you listeners. So the prestige would happen, the big trick and the big turn. You're referring to these turns, to these phrases too, like you've been using them your whole life. Yeah, well, fake it. I'm a magician. A I'm spinning stories. <laughs> um, so it would happen. And right before the twist happens, Paula would just silently mouth, no, <laughs> no, no. And then it would happen and she'd go silent and just close her eyes and shake her head in <laughs> wonder and amazement and pure unbridled just joy and and emotion and it was just the most earnest pure thing of like (laughs) someone just loving the thing that's happening so thank you for the for bestowing that uh upon me absolutely absolutely and thank you to the white Sox stadium for two ten dollar beers i had beforehand (laughs) which i think really kind of helped with that uh one that childlike wonder yeah exactly um well so i mentioned i went the following week as mm-hmm. well my parents came to town uh and there was a, a different magician there whose shtick um i would describe as cheesy jokes and hitting on older women oh good 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 good, good. Uh, he, i was gonna say that shtick was probably a derogatory term for what he was doing but it sounds like it was shtick it was it was the shtick he was uh he was telling little jokes and he was hitting on a very pleasant woman named donna 
who mm-hmm. was in visiting her kids from New York City. Wow. Good for him. Um, and it really got me thinking about what these magicians' lives are like uh-huh. when it is not the night. Yeah. <laughs> like when they're not under the umbrella of darkness. Mm-hmm. Are they just living a little life? It must be so disappointing yeah. to go from like, I've filled you with childlike wonder and yeah. amazement yeah. to like trying to do that as you're checking out at the grocery store and the cashier just <laughs> being like, no, please just swipe your card. <laughs> Could you please just so, tap or swipe so or great- insert your card? <laughs> please don't pull it out of my ear. <laughs> and Nope. It wasn't in the avocados. It needs to, you need to pay, sir. <laughs> We're not running a charity here. You need to. This is the Mariano's. You need to pay. We're owned by Kroger. I'm not going to let this happen to me again. My colleague got fired. The last time oh, you came in here. All right. The great Gandolfini. Oh. What would be great is if you could pay me in cash because it doesn't. It seems like your debit card's being denied. Uh, so you're, you think the great jams, James Gandolfini, jams, jams Gandolfini, <laughs> the great jams Gandolfini, uh, is he's try he's using magic in his daily life. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, especially if they're, you know, a real, real magician. Yeah. If there's anything that I know about magic and, and supernatural forces and being able to channel that, it <laughs> seems like once you open the floodgates, you can't put it back yeah you can't turn it off right you know what i mean right because if you can't tell the secrets of your tricks you can't also go back to who you were beforehand you know what i mean it feels like a watershed moment yeah yeah because you're no longer the 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 person you once were what do you think they do paula what do you think the most defining characteristic of a day for a magician is I, i guess what i was thinking about when i was at these was how how crazy would it be to have just like a regular guy at your office, right? Like a normal regular guy who doesn't talk, doesn't really eat lunch with everyone, just like a quiet guy. And then you and your friends one Saturday night go to the magic bar. And it's the great. It's him. It's him. He's the great. It's Dustin. It's Dustin, a.k.a. the great Gandolfini. And wouldn't that be just the most crazy, wonderful thing? That would be so great. And But then he wouldn't talk about it on Monday. He would never talk about it. But you and him would both know that deep down he had this secret, the secret talent, the secret power. Everyone's just walking around with a secret talent, Josh. Yeah. And maybe it's magic. Or maybe it's uh, spatial reasoning. Yeah, spatial reasoning. <laughs> Paula, I think it's time to go on a trip. A beep beep. I'm in the car. Where do you think we're staying? I don't know. The Super Eight. Nope. We're staying at Haku Hotel. Haku Hotel. I just make the song go on for nine and a half. Minutes. You're right. Exactly. Welcome to the Haiku Hotel, where Paula and I read haikus, which is a loose term of the of the structure of a haiku from Craigslist. Yeah. Uh, listeners, in case you did not know, uh, this is a segment we do. There is a beautiful little world on Craigslist called haiku hotel. 
that is actually the name of it? Mm-hmm. I did not realize that until I just looked at my computer. Yeah, right I didn't now. make that up. It's called Haiku Hotel. Wow. Okay, there's a section called Haiku Hotel where Craigslist listeners every day, uh, there's a different challenge and they submit haikus to meet that challenge. Yes. And so, it's beautiful and earnest and so precious. Yes. And we'd like to read a couple of our favorites to yes. you. So this has been a really exciting uh, haiku challenge we're visiting because it's about twins. Twi- and twins. And you remember twins. that ad? No. It's a beer ad. It was oh. like, and twins. Okay, that's fun. It was pretty misogynistic. Oh, I don't like that. I, I don't know what I was... I think I was picturing two beers. <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> that's their slogan, order double. Um, Josh, you want to read me, want to read me your first one you found? Yeah, of course. This one, uh, doesn't really have a title. It's just kind of one of those faces you can make out of various characters. Would you please snap for me, Paula? Thank you. Garden planted and flowers blooming. Here come the bees. (laughs) It sounds, I love that one because it sounds like a threat. Yeah. <laughs> can we do it? Um, can we just read that one again, but uh, more as a warning? Yeah. I'll come in on the last line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll double team this one. Okay. Garden planted and flowers blooming. Here come the bees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's a good one. Um, I think. It's a warning. It's a warning. My favorite thing about Haiku Hotel is clearly the the people who use it, earnest, wonderful people, they care enough to participate in this every day. They do not care enough to follow the basic structure of a haiku, which is five syllable, seven syllable, five syllable. And instead, the definition seems to be short. Yeah, exactly. Um, Can you do something with three lines? (laughs) Three lines short. Yeah. The other way to read this one quickly is what if they want the bees? Like, they're real horny for bees. Oh, okay. That's a fun, different energy. Garden planted and flowers blooming. Here come the bees. (laughs) (laughs) The the panting really made that. Uh, Can I read you one called Twin Lakes? Please do. Twin Lakes. Either trail is the right one. I love that one because it is just unabashedly not, not a haiku. Not Twin Lakes, two syllables. <laughs> also, where are these trails from? Uh, where are these trails? Where are they coming from? Where are they going to? It's kind of, um, uh, you know that poem that's like two roads diverged in the forest and I picked one of them and then that was yeah. like that. Robert kind of, Frost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess they're riffing on Robert Frost. You're right. Two, two roads were there and I picked one of them and everyone was like, chill about it. <sighs> God, we're being dismissive of this, aren't we? Yeah, Paula. Merg, Merg kind of took that, and and the the famous last line, and I'm probably paraphrasing here of Robert Frost is like, and that was the the effing best trail, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but Merg is saying, "Screw you, nerds! I took the right trail." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Robert Frost is like, and haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. I love my life. Haters gonna hate. I picked the sick ass trail. Big F. <laughs> Haters gonna hate Robert Frost out. (laughs) You got frosted. (laughs) Stay frosty. (laughs) Two roads diverged in the forest, and I picked the right one. Stay frosty, bitch. (laughs) Frost out. Uh, But Mern kind of took that, revisited, and said, "There's, there's two trails, and either one, either trail is the right trail. It's dope. Either trail is dope, Robert Frost." (laughs) 
Let's look at this in the context of 2019. Thanks, Robert Frost. I have one here. Yeah, throw it at me. Called L. Okay. Proms slow dance. Teens cheek to cheek. Warm glow builds. Obviously, a much more exciting prom than I had. I got dumped at prom. Oh no! Yes, oh, no. loved it. Um, what a what a delightful prom from the movie, the prom from Greece. I hope warm glow doesn't mean something gross, and I just put it on air. No, it's well, building. I'll, you know what? I'll add it to Urban Dictionary as a nice thing. <laughs> <laughs> warm glow, very sweet, nice, earnest, endearing phrase. <laughs> Added. Hey, Josh, did you go to magic camp? I didn't. You seem like the kind of guy who would go to magic camp. That That's rude. It, that's offensive. It might be offensive, <laughs> but it also feels really accurate. Like it, if you were to be like, yeah, and here's a photo of me in a tiny cape and a tiny top hat, that'd hold up. So two responses to that. One, I didn't go to magic camp. I went to theater camp. All right. <laughs> magic of the stage. Yeah, the magic of Broadway. <laughs> and Was it a Broadway-based theater camp? No, but it was like musical theater and it was like a theater camp where we went and were little monsters and did lots of plays and stayed inside all summer. Um, So not a magic camp boy. Not a magic camp boy, but I did have at least one experience of being a magician. Okay. So when my little brother turned one, my parents were worried that I was going to be jealous that he had a birthday party because it was the first time I'm the older brother and I was four at the time. And they were worried that because I had never experienced someone else's birthday party that my parents were throwing, that there was going to be an issue Okay, and I was going to be jealous. Yeah. So that'd be true for me right now. <laughs> Cause you're an only child. I'm an only child. <laughs> and we all know that you care a lot about your birthday as you. said in previous episodes. Thank you. So they had the very smart idea of deciding to give me a role in the birthday. And I had been getting kind of into magic as a four-year-old. I had a little magic set. I think I had a cape. And they were like, Josh, we would like you to be the magician for this so that you had a role, so that I would have a role and feel like I was part of it. And it wouldn't only be about my brother. It would be about like kind of your debut. Yeah. Right. Exactly. The the birthday is the side, the side part. Exactly. It's a vehicle for the great Josh to be able to do his amazing wonders. Wonderful. And so I did that. I had a very good trick, which I'd like to explain (laughs) to you now. You sawed your brother in half. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I did a trick. I did a disappearing act. Okay. In which I would start by saying, abracadabra, close your eyes. Okay. And then I would run away. All right. (laughs) And then I would say, abracadabra, open your eyes. And I wouldn't be there because you had closed your eyes and that was the magic that happened. Was everybody fooled? I think it went over swimmingly. (laughs) I, uh, right now we're bringing these mics. We're going to go down to magic bar. You're going to say, let me show you my freaking stuff. Yeah, exactly. I'm auditioning right now. Hey, move over James Gandolfini. <laughs> um, so I did that. I did my whole, I think I did a ring trick. There's video of this as well. There's yeah, home video that. of this. I yeah. I think I was wearing cowboy boots too. Oh, it's very kind of like magic Western 
kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, it's your shtick. Needless to say, the uh, jealousy thing did not work. I found myself at one point uh, underneath the sink in the bathroom in the house that we were in, screaming at my mom to take my brother back and put him back. And that he wasn't allowed to have a birthday. And this was well, not. Well, because it's interrupting your big debut. I know. I understand. Yeah. Exactly. I'm Thank you. Fully on Team Josh Thank here. You. Thank you. You know, sometimes you're working that hard. You're working for years. Yeah. For a show like that. Three and a half full years of work to get up the hand eye coordination. Yeah. To do a disappearing act. And your brother's being disrespectful. Yeah. If anything, this was, I was letting him ride on my coattails. Yeah. This was my gig, and I was throwing him a bone as a good older brother. And letting he didn't him even be open the, for you. No, not even. The only thing he opened was presents. Selfish. Classic. But yeah, I was screaming a bunch, and then uh, then I got over it. All right, so your magic performance went well. It went super well. Super well. Everyone was fooled. and uh, But, you know, I had to hang up the cape. Yeah, you had to get into that uh, high school musical skater boy backwards hat. Yeah, you know, at a certain point, when you're good at a lot of things, you just have to choose. You can't, you know, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. You know, you want to really be a craftsman about something. At age four, you understood that. I got it, you know. And I I got this out of my system. I got this out of my system. Look, I could have been the world's greatest magician and illusionist, Mm -hmm. but I want to be, I don't. I don't want to fake. Right. I don't want to trick people. Right. I want to grow up and make a podcast where I talk about my feelings. <laughs> I want to be open and, and honest. Little boy's dreams are coming true today. And that was my greatest trick of all. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time for our weekly segment. Earnest moment of the week. Imatwa. 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 Listeners, this is a segment uh, where we talk about something really earnest that we experienced this past week. If you have one, we would love to hear them. So send them to us. Yes, you can do that on social media. You can do send that via email at beingearnestpod at gmail.com. Yeah, you know how to find us. You'll find us. You'll find us. Josh, what's your earnest moment of the week? Two things. One, I really like how you're lounge singering this microphone right now. I've never felt more like myself. Secondly, my earnest moment of the week happened at the bus stop earlier this week. It had been raining. It's been on and off raining here in Chicago. And there's just lots of puddles. Some days there are puddles. Some days there aren't puddles. But it's it's just been wet. It's been gross and wet. And the other day I was waiting for the bus in the morning. And there was a woman who was just... Straight up standing in a puddle. (laughs) She was just waiting for the bus, standing in a puddle for 10 minutes. She had mesh running shoes on. She was just, there was dry spots all around her. And she was like, nope, I'm going to stand in the middle of this puddle and do me and just live my freaking life. She's trying to prove a point to someone. I don't know. To God. to magic. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but I just was like, hell yeah, lady, that's dope. I would never do that. My shoes would get wet, and then I'd get cranky about my socks being wet. Comfortable all day. Good for her. Yeah, she just 
no fucks given. No. Just I'm gonna stand in the middle of this puddle <laughs> and lean against this wall while I wait for the bus to come. Yeah, I love that. Great energy. Great energy. Great earnest energy. How about you, Paula? What was your earnest moment of the week? Um, well, Josh, I um since we've last recorded this podcast, I've lived a thousand lives. Uh-huh. And one of those lives I lived inside an indoor skydiving place. Uh-huh. <laughs> And so I did go indoor skydiving. Thank you. Um, but before me, there was a tiny child who went. <laughs> so I was very nervous. But uh, before me, there was a child who perhaps had freshly turned three years old. Wow. Like, I mean, probably. It's a fresh baby. A fresh baby. Two two feet tall. And uh, he has his tiny little skydiving outfit on. And he steps into it. So indoor skydiving is like a giant wind tunnel and then you step in it and then you kind of guide your body up so you're skydiving and this kid steps into the wind tunnel and i swear it's just wind <laughs> like, like a small breeze would have picked him up oh no so he's just whipped up and the instructor guy who was in there um had to kind of grab him oh. all rules you have a pretty thorough instruction period beforehand all rules out the window <laughs> And so this kid is quote unquote skydiving and the instructor is holding him kind of like a baby and they just kind of stand there for a few minutes and then he did not want to go again, but um, it was very earnest and it was very precious. That's amazing. Completely just why why did his parents sign that waiver? I think because his brother was really into it. His brother seemed like a few years older, uh, but that's amazing. I love that. It was wild. I think that's going to do it for us. That's going to be the pod. That's the whole, that's the whole thing. Oh my gosh. Thank you everybody so much for listening. We love you. Um, if you have any suggestions, if you have any thoughts, if you have an earnest moment of the week, um, send that over to us. We're at being earnest pod at gmail.com. We're also on all the social media channels as being earnest pod. As always, a big thank you to Ryan Cruz for the logo. She's at RB Cruiser on Instagram and Dylan Dutch for the theme song. He's at Dylan Dutch on Twitter. And until next week, abracadabra, close your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. See you next week. (laughs)